like sports? Do you like beer? Do you love sports and beer? Then you're exactly where you need to be. This is the Hughes Views and Brews Show on 1252 Sports Chicago. Cheers. Welcome in on a cold, chilly Monday, but hell, it's January. We're supposed to be cold, right? Uh, Fred Hubner, Hubes Views and Brews, and this is now my only outlet to talk sports and beer, as uh, yesterday was my final day on ESPN 1000, and who would, who would have thought it that I would have been on TV yesterday? They did a quick little piece on ABC7. No, 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 not about my retirement, but about the Bears' getting ready to get rid of Matt Nagy and also Ryan Pace. Um, that was um, expected. It happened early this morning, and uh, it's been all the talk all day today. We'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, let me, before I even talk about my retirement, because it is Hume's Views and Brews, we don't have a lot of beer stuff, and we're going to get into it. Uh, beer, beer guys, just stick with me, because um, I got a lot more guys coming up. Uh, a lot more people to talk about uh, with beer. We'll do a lot of that in um, you know upcoming episodes. But this one's going to be a lot of sports, a lot of talk about um, bears and things like that. But I have a Dino S'mores, okay? Dino S'mores is an imperial marshmallow stout, 10.5% alcohol by volume. That's, that means very good. Um, it has marshmallow, vanilla bean, molasses, uh, graham flour, whatever that is and cocoa nibs. I've had this before. I was going to open one of these in a previous show. It did not, but I did drink it after the show. And um, it's very tasty. I've had it before. It was one of my favorite stouts. Um, and if you've watched enough of these, if it's a stout and it's got marshmallows or if it's got vanilla and chocolate in it, I usually like it. And uh, this is one of the ones I really like. I saw it at um, my guy Eric Schmidt's Orange and Brew. And I grabbed a couple of them last time I was there. Um, I got another stop planned soon. Uh, and I'll tell you a little bit more about Eric and uh, such a great guy he is. And some of the things he did just the other day on Facebook, which was amazing. Let me take a quick sip of this. Mm. Nice little head on it the way beer is supposed to have, right? Um, very good. Very tasty. The Dino S'mores from Off Color Brewing in the city, not far from uh, North and Halstead. It's right near there. You can get there very easy. They have a nice little bar, a little place to sit outside, nice tap room, uh, off-color brewing, one of the better brew, uh, breweries in the city. There's so many of them, and I have a hard time getting there. Being in the Burbs, not a hard time getting there. I'd have a hard time leaving after I got there. Um, and now that I don't have a place in the city anymore, it's even more difficult. You know, I want to take an Uber from downtown Chicago to Downers Grove or soon to be Lockport. Um, and that will probably not be till May, I think. But uh, hey, they're supposed to put the roof on our house sometime this week. It's supposed to be in the 30s. Hopefully the wind will light up, letting up, let up a little, and they can uh, hover over the uh, structure that's there, pop the roof on. Um, they asked me for fees, 10%, for what they call under roof fees. So they better get the damn roof on there quick because I gave them the money last week. Okay. Retirement. I started in this weird business um, in 1977. I started at Sports Phone. 
976-1313. And if you get a chance, go check out the Schuster Express on 1252 from last Sunday. We had a bunch of the sports phone guys on, uh, J.D. Versett, Tom Kelly, Eric Clemens, Dave Wills. Uh, we just had a great, great time. Chris Bowden. And uh, so I worked there from 77 to 90. Uh, all of a sudden, the crawl on the bottom of the TV, ESPN, the internet meant there's no reason to call for scores anymore. Then I went to the score. I got a chance to work at the score from uh, March of 1992 all the way till 2008. We'll talk a lot about that. And then ESPN from March of 2010 until just yesterday, just yesterday, the final shows I did. I had a show on Saturday, a two-hour show with Brian Hanley, and the station was nice enough. They had some uh, recorded messages from some people. And a friend of mine, a guy that I met while working at The Score, I'm pretty sure, and that at ESPN named David Spada. He's an attorney up on the north side. And he made a couple of phone calls to people. And he got Ronnie Lott, the Hall of Famer, the former 49er, to call and wish me happy retirement the other day. And that was on the show on Saturday. And uh, also Jason Panetti, who if you follow me enough, you know, I have my dislikes about certain things that Jason does on the air. He called. He was a true professional, a great guy, a wonderful guy. We had a great conversation for about five or six minutes. And then after the show, when I got home, David Spada had also given my number to one of my favorites, one of my all-time favorites, Hawk Harrelson. Uh, Hawk Harrelson called me down from Florida, where he is living now and staying, and uh, we talked for about five or ten minutes, and I could not have been happier to get a call from Hawk. So thanks to David Spada for setting all that up. I'm going out. I've basically outgrown sports radio, in my opinion. Now, I know I could do sports radio. I could do what I like to do, but I'm not interested in some of the things that are now considered entertainment in uh, sports radio. Some of the things that, especially now in the next couple of months, um, once the NFL stops and there's no baseball because they're still waiting on a lockout, some of the things that are considered entertainment in sports radio nowadays, not exactly things that I'm interested in doing. Also, I don't like tonight. The NCAA, um, the college football championship is on tonight. I know Mikey's probably all over it. We'll talk with him about it in a little bit. But the I don't care about college football. But if I was working, I'd be sitting down watching it, taking notes on my yellow pad and doing things like that. But not necessarily. Don't need to do that now. Um, Certain things I don't care about. I don't care about the Tom Brady documentary. I put a Twitter uh, thing out a couple weeks ago. And uh, this way, I care about, always love talking Sox, Cubs, Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, Chicago sports. That's what I love doing. That's what I love talking. I work for Chicago sports radio stations. So I thought that's what you should talk about. And I was never a prediction guy. I like talking about what happened on the field, what happened on the, on the court, um, why it happened, and then breaking it down and things like that. People would say, what do you think about this game? What do you think about this game? Mikey's the guy that gives predictions. We'll get to him in just a little bit. But um, I love talking Chicago sports. And people who say you're going to miss it, no. I've done it. In my opinion, I've done it long enough. I don't like having to drive on downtown. And nowadays, with um, the way things are and with uh, COVID and everything else, I've been able to do a lot of shows from my home. And that's fine. But that's weird, too, because you don't even see the people here when you're doing, 
you know, on StreamYard and shows we're doing, at least I get to see the people I'm talking with. Uh, and there, you're just sitting there in a room talking to a computer with other people on the line. And I know that's the way radio's gone because a lot of people don't want to have to travel. A lot of the companies don't want to spend the money to put people up and travel them. So they say, here, we'll set you up at your house. You can do the entire show from your family room, for your living room, wherever it may be. But the one thing I never thought about, which a lot of people had mentioned to me, is that I went out on my own terms. And a lot of times when you leave broadcasting, you leave because you were fired and let go. And sports phone stopped because the company stopped. I did get fired and let go from the score. And, um, and ESPN, uh, I've actually been part-time ever since I started working there. I know I was on a lot. There were times I was on six, six times a week. Uh, but now I'm... You know, uh, it's always been part-time since I started in 2010. Pat used to always tell me, she goes, you're just a part-timer. I said, stop it. Um, but anyway, I'm going out on my own terms. I'm happy to be leaving, uh, happy to be doing other things. As you, as I mentioned, I got a house going up in Lockport. I've got other things on my mind. Um, I want to spend the money. Bob Saget was a, a comedian I never had a chance to meet. Northy and I had a lot of comedians into our studio, and I don't think we ever had a Bob Saget, but boy, oh boy, we had a stretch there. We had three or four comics, and they all died, um, including Mitch Hedberg and uh, others. But he's 65 years old, and people are not supposed to go at 65. And um, I want to get out and enjoy as much of life as I can and um, not be restricted by not being able to go out on a Friday night or a Saturday night because I got to work on Saturday or Sunday morning and I got to watch a game or whatever. And when you're working, you know, it's not just a two hour show you're doing or a three hour show. You got to be keeping up on stuff all week long. I don't have to worry about that anymore. And that's a sigh of relief. If I want to watch a game, I'll watch a game. Um, if I don't, I don't have to. I can read about it. I can go online and check it out. So going out on my own is, is, is a lot of fun. Um, now, I told Fat Mike, our producer, and the guy that runs 1252, I said, listen, I told him this a month ago. I said, when I retire, after I, after I stop working at ESPN, on my first show, I want to have two guys that I work the most with on, uh, on radio. And those two guys are Mike Murphy and Mike North. And I work with Murph. There's Murph. I worked with Murph. In on the weekends and in the evenings, and there's North. I worked with Mikey for four um, four years doing uh, morning drive. So morning drive for nine years. Not a lot of people get a chance to say they did that. I got that chance, that opportunity. So I wanted to get these two guys. Murph North, how are you? Hello, Fred. I can't believe it's good to see Murph. Murph, I hope Dana's doing well. Haven't yeah. talked to you for a long time. You look terrific and. Uh, it's just great to be on with you, Fred. Congratulations on the retirement, and uh, I know Murph will expand on that, but always good to see a true pro, and you know what? You did a great job, and now you get to chill, like you said. So great. Good good for you, man. Say hi to BB also. Definitely, Murph. Definitely. Yeah. Well, and you guys, I learned, I learned a lot from both of you guys. Uh, a lot of times people say, you know, I get a lot of questions all the time. Tell me some Murph stories. Tell me some North stories. Some of the North stories I can't tell to anybody. <laughs> they, they go to our grave with us. But anyway, but <laughs> I always tell the story, like with Murph, I'll say, listen, I, to I told this story with uh, Schuster last week. I said, every time I we got new producers, I sat him down and said, listen, there's two things you got to know about Murph. Just do what he asks you to do and don't lie to him. 
If you do those things, you'll always be fine. I remember telling Andy Garcia and John Mamola when we started doing the mornings. I said, if he asks you to do something, just do it. If you don't do it, don't lie. Say, I didn't do it. I screwed up. I'm sorry. But if you lie to Murph, he'll never trust you again. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. They never, they never listened to you because they didn't take heed to that. <laughs> well, and that's what happens when you start working with the younger generation. They all started asking why. And that was the thing. You know, if Murph would say, let's do this, do that, they'd go, well, why? Murph goes, I don't have time to say why. Just do it. And I'd probably, I'd probably have not quit and or retired, as you call it. I like the word quit better, Fred. You know, let's let's yeah. quit. I quit before they fired us. But you know what? The reason I quit, I couldn't stand working with those producers anymore. <laughs> My favorite Murph story, I'll never forget it. Uh -oh. I came in on a Saturday or Murph was getting ready to do a show. <laughs> and I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but I guess the guy hadn't been answering the bell. He had been screwing up a little bit. And Murph goes, hey, Northy. I go, yeah, Murph, come on over here. See that guy? Take a good look at him. It's the last time you'll ever see him. <laughs> it was awesome. Classic Murph. I'll never forget it. And I never saw the well, guy again. <laughs> well, the other thing, the other thing that Murph taught me was if you got a two-hour show, have four hours worth of material because right. You never know if people are going to call. And like, you know, they'd always tell us, just because you got five, all the lines lit, they're lit up like Christmas trees. Just because oh, they're lit up the like Christmas line. trees. Right. It doesn't mean that there's more than 10 people. So right. you got to have stuff. You got to have stuff always ready. So if I was doing an hour show, I'd have two hours worth of stuff. And I didn't. I made sure I knew what I was talking about. And um, I would. I, that was the most important thing. Always be prepared. Uh, Murph taught me that. Mikey taught me that it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. That that's a good one, and I've been learning that's good not only in radio but in all lines of work. It's well, easier to ask for forgiveness. Was that the principal's office that Mike would be going to when he told you that down the hall? You know, I I'm amazed nowadays because no matter what, I mean, we go back to fax machines and everything else, guys. I mean, yep. we go back to when they held the names JoJo from Allsip up on the, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. And But I remember we would take heat. I, you know, the one thing I always thought, if you're going to say something, stick to your guns. And yeah. I don't see enough of people sticking to their guns. And I see people like and we just had that recently with the Aaron Rodgers situation. Man, if you meant it, stick to it. Don't let them back wow. you down. What happened? Yeah. 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 Don't 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 lose your legs, man. Stick with it. You know what? Yeah. If you like Mitch Trubisky and you want to say so, you got to be willing to take the heat. If you like Justin <clears throat> Field, now you're going to be ready to take the heat because you know what? Sooner or later, I heard you talk, Fred, about predictions, and Murph knows yeah. this. Yeah. Predictions only last until they don't last until they're wrong. Or until you're proven right, and sometimes it takes years. But, but you know what? It's a great, great business. I know you're going to miss it once you're out of it. And we all did it because we loved it first, right? Am I right, Murph? Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Then I didn't have fun anymore at the end. So why do it? Yeah, but don't let that ruin the the, the great, great decades. And I mean decades uh -huh. of great careers. When I think of Cub Baseball, when I think of Cub Baseball on the radio, when I think of talking Cub Baseball, even though he was a jack of all trades, I think of Murph, man. Yeah. And uh -huh. Murph got me going. Murph got me started. He's a mentor. 
How about that? Just put that in your business card. You're uh, and I never uh -huh. forgot it. Uh, you, you were the well. All you needed was the door cracked open, then you banged it down on your own. Yeah, and and, and you know there were times when I was working with Mike when we were doing when I was working with North we were doing mornings. And it'd be dark out, and we'd be having the TV on in the corner, and they would show the traffic. And there were all these cars just <laughs> lined up on the expressway. And I looked at them, and I go, Mikey, more than half these people are listening to us. Yeah. I said, we got to go out and do, and do a good job. But we, we'd laugh. And I'd say, listen, if we're laughing, there's someone sitting in their car in traffic, and they're laughing. And that's what we always tried to do when, we work, when uh, Mikey and I worked together, always. And uh, Murph, I can't tell you how many people over the last couple of weeks have told me that when we were working weekends um, at, at the score and when we worked weekend mornings over at, uh, you know, on Saturdays over at ESPN, that they were doing their chores, listening to yeah. us talk baseball or whatever it might be. And they said that's what they're going to miss. And I missed it most recently because after the White Sox season ended, they moved White Sox weekly to nine o'clock. And after I've been working Saturday mornings for a long time, all of a sudden, I'm working Saturday in the middle of the afternoon. I didn't get a chance to talk about the Bulls or the Bears or anything until 1 o'clock. And I said, this is, you know, it's, it's crazy, <laughs> but it's it's the way radio goes. The best part, Mike, and both of you guys, we the best thing about working mornings, people said, how can you work so early? You're getting up at 2.30 in the morning. And I said, well, two things. One, I'm home by 11, unless I'm with yeah. Mike over at Gibson. Oh. And I'm like, I can home till 3. But And I go, <laughs> I go second of all, Morning radio is where it's at because you're the first people that get to react to what happened the night before. And when I would hear people, and both of you guys know this, because we never we never go to sleep when there's a game on. It's like when I hear people say two things. They go, man, I'm so tired. And then they say, well, I had to go to sleep. I had to get up, so I didn't watch the end of the game. What the hell is wrong with you people? That's your job. Can you job. imagine that, Northy? North, can you imagine that doing a show in Chicago and saying I didn't watch the game last night because I thought I went to bed early? Yeah. Well, you know what? There are people, there are hosts that have done that. I mean, look oh, at still. And yeah. and you know what? They got highlights now. But back, like I was saying, I mean, in '92, for instance, and and <laughs> I heard you talk about the phone calls. What was the thing with me? Gleason used to tell me 4% of the people, Ron Gleason, are the ones calling in. I right. said, well, guess what? Today it looks like 1% of the people are calling in because they should all be lit. I never accepted, you know, I never knew how many people were listening. But if you can't draw enough interest to light up a bank. Yes. And now I see people ignore calls. Calls are the lifeblood. It's good to still see people. I listen to Mad Dog Radio. Chris Russo still takes phone calls and yeah. stuff like that. But that's the art that's missing, the conversation. I'm reading tweets to me and stuff like that. It, it, it wasn't the way for me to go. That's why I ended up doing the wagering end of it. Because, you know, and plus, there's just so much more that we could do back then that we can't do now, you know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, if there's too many rungs in a ladder, people get offended now. You know what I mean? So forget well, about it. You know, Fred, say on his uh, next to last show, and Fred, I couldn't believe he used the word penultimate. Just I know. Well, oh, it's Carmen's favorite word, next to last. I was ready to come through the radio at you. <laughs> but uh, you talked about the callers, and if someone, and you said this Saturday, uh, you said if someone takes the time to pick up the phone and call in to the yep. show, we should make sure, you know, every effort, sometimes you just can't, commercials, the clock, but right. make every effort we can to, to get them on the air, right? 
Yeah, exactly. That's and the they way have so many, thought. so many, so many times they'll say they'll throw a topic out and then they'll come back and they'll talk for the whole next segment. And they go, we'll get to the callers, and then you'll look, and now there's always the time. This guy's been on hold for 63 minutes. We our callers. We They'll ask the producer on the air, which call should I take? When you've been looking at the screen for 20 minutes, Joe wants to talk about Tony La Russa. Why would you which one should I take? Yeah. And I, I always and you got to listen. You, we never if we agreed with all the callers, we'd all be screwed up. I mean, but you you can't. You know, you've asked them to call. Everyone's got their own opinion. That's why we love talking about it. You know, Mike, you and Murph. We Murph was talking with his buddies in the bleachers, and they didn't always agree. Mike, you were talking with guys over at at BB's, the hot dog stand, yep. and stuff like that. You didn't always agree. I was talking to my buddies at the bars in Cicero. And that's how you get involved in it. It's no, you're not supposed to agree with everybody in sports. That'd be no fun. Everybody's but got. But you don't ridicule. But we never ridicule the callers. No, 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 no. We loved our callers. I always yeah. loved our callers. I created because I had the opportunity that I didn't get into the business until later. But I to work retail like Murph has done, and I yep. to work retail and to actually deal with customers every day, to talk sports over the counter was the best training I could ever have. The, I knew who paid the bills. And sometimes I think people don't know who pays the bills. And the people mm -hmm. that pay the bills enjoyed people talking about, hey, I was at Dakota's last night, or I was yep. at this place or that place I heard you guys talk about. We, we had a, I always looked at the callers as another host. Every yep. caller was a different host and, yeah. and, and a different challenge because sometimes they try to get you. Back then, you had to know. There was no computer. There was no Wikipedia. There was nothing right. to look at. You better know what you're talking about or you ain't working. That's why I've always said Danny Lee put together for music guys the greatest lineup. And I've said this. In the 90s, there were the two dominant franchises in Chicago were the Bulls and the score, period. After yep. that, there was a dip. I mean, a dip. And those were the two dominant franchises. And for music guys to put a Mike Murphy, uh, a Dan Jiggets with a Mike North, uh, to think things out, to put a Boers and a McNeil together, to have a good, strong, not only nighttime lineup for as long as we could go, but right. also weekends. Yeah. And that's Freddie. That's where, I mean, to me, I worked weekends for Fox for three years until I finally broke through the lineup nationally. And it wasn't easy. Because there's sporting events going on. I worked Sunday night when Sunday night football was going on. So sure. it was a whole different ball game, but it was also a good learning experience. Yeah. It's entertainment. Every radio talk radio, sports, politics, radio, yep. whatever you want to call it. It's entertainment. It's entertainment number one. Oh. What you know about sports is a close number two, but it's number one entertainment. That's well, right. What, that's that's right. It's about yeah. It's about, I always wanted to make people laugh. I mean, I, I didn't get good grades. And by the way, I just want to say this to everybody out there. I want to thank my mom and dad, no matter what. And for all parents out there, send your kids to grade school, if you can, to a Catholic school. Because if I, had the, if I didn't have the nuns and I had to remote learn for three years, two things might have happened. I know I wouldn't be talking to you guys right now. I would have not been the success I was because you learned to intertwine with your buddies, hang yep. out, pick teams, but you had teachers overlooking you or something like that. And number two, if there was remote learning for three years, my dad would have probably off the whole family. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. So 
I mean, it's just unbelievable. Hopefully the kids will be able to live a normal life because that's what we got to live. And I keep saying that to B. B, I know we're getting older, but we dodged a bullet. Yep. We did. We got, I mean, Murph, Murph's biggest deal. Where's my bugle? That was his, but where's the trumpet? <laughs> that was our deal back then. Yeah. Murph sat next was to he? BB in the bleachers. I know he did. I know he did. Well, I, I had my yellow hard hat helmet bleacher by oh, helmet on. She probably legendary. thought this guy's legendary. really weird. What a legend you are, Murph. But see, anytime people look at the old film and they see the guy playing the bugle, it's uh, Mike Murphy, man. Beautiful. Here's the here's the two things though. <laughs> a big difference between the two of you, because you talk about entertainment and the entertainment that Murph would have. And we yep. would always talk about it. It would be entertaining, but we would always be sports entertaining. And yep. one of the things I mentioned at the very beginning was some of the the things that pass for entertainment nowadays. I don't oh. care about. I don't want. I don't want to get into it. Um, but no, you can't. But Murph and I, Murph would take a, an entertaining thing, but he would have sports involved in it, and he would he would take the questions sixty seven and sixty eight from Chicago, and we all, we would have questions, and we'd pick questions, but they'd always be sports related questions or something that related back to the sports. Now, Mike, when you and I were doing it for a while there, we got in we got into the politics and all the other stuff and some of the other things, and but we always had stories about what we did. And people say, well, you guys are always at Gibson's. I go, you can't imagine how many stories we got from being at Gibson's and the people we saw. I just told, you'll get a kick out of this, Mike. I just I just told my Martinez, who worked at Channel 2. It was God her birthday. Girl. It was her Good birthday girl. a couple weeks ago, and I sent oh, yeah. her a message. I said, Ma, you may not remember this. I said, but one day after our show, me, Mike North, Jen Patterson, Jesse Rogers, and Anna DeVlantes were at Gibson's, <laughs> and we were sitting in the group. corner. The one table in the corner, and my Martinez came over to sit with us, and 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 I said, uh, we don't have any more chairs. And she said, I'll sit on your lap. And I said, we need to get another chair quickly. And I said, but I've told that story for a while. And she goes, of course I remember the story. She goes, we had a great time. And yep. it's we had so much fun, and that was a little different because that was a different entertainment. You can't do but- it no more. you got to wear a mask. I don't know what happens now. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Listen, I just I know. I'm staying in forever. This quarantine thing has worked for me. It doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm glad everybody's doing well. But I mean, I I mean, I used to love to go to Vegas. When I'm going to walk around like a like a guy in a western with the mask on. You know, I'm trying to play blackjack. I can't breathe. I'm smelling my own breath. Forget about it. I'm not sitting on a plane. I don't yeah. know how you've been, Murph. But I mean, I put, look, I abused my body so bad. COVID said, forget about him. Let's move on. Uh, (laughs) Can you guys, can you guys believe the stuff we would say on the air? Now we'd be arrested and thrown in jail and and canceled. The last five, 10 years I was on, I was afraid to say anything. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wasn't. And and they cancel you. Yeah. You're right, Mike. And you know what? I, I was always truthful. You don't have to back up. When you're on the air, I mean, there's there's guys that work at conservative stations that are liberals. Their agent just tells them to play the role. Oh, sure. And, and vice versa. We know the business guys. We know the people. It's just such a joke. I could never betray the people. Murph was the same way. Fred, you were the same way. We were born and raised here. So, you know, like if whether Murph was battling McPhail, M-C-F-A-I-L, or whether uh, <laughs> I was battling McCaskey, or whether Fred yeah. was battling... Anybody he happened oh, to be bad. Bill Wirtz. You and Bill. Matter. How about Dollar Bill Wirtz? You were on. You were the best. Potter. 
Called him Pat. Uh, he always hated him. him. You called him. Called yeah, him Patter, yeah. Pat. I called uh, the stadium Pattersville. Um, <laughs> and I remember the one time we faced each other because I did the town hall. That's how desperate the Hawks were. They needed help. They had me host the town hall, hall with Elpos <laughs> Duhonen as the coach. <laughs> we saw each other from six feet apart. Miss, let me tell you, Mr. Bill Wirtz was an imposing figure. Yes, he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He imposing a guy, and, and a great one. I mean, they're all these are guys I all grew up with. I mean, to watch Walter Payton play and then to work with them. To watch Gail Sayers play and then to work with them. You know how it was, Murph. So I mean, we the thing I loved, we didn't take anything from anybody. We didn't let the teams buy us. We just did what we had no. to do. No, you couldn't. And I don't know, uh, Murph, you probably heard the show the other day. And uh, Mike, I, I've been beating the hell out of Jason Benetti for the last two years because I don't like I don't like how he makes everything funny during Sox broadcast. Yeah, I know. And, he gets a little cutesy. I, I and I've told him. So he calls me during my the retirement show on Saturday. Classy. And but it was very classy. And I, I'm going to try to get him on the podcast. He said he'd be more than happy to come on. But he did say one thing which I hope that other people would remember because I would make fun of some of the guys on the radio probably more now over the last several years than others, but they'd say, you know, kind of like a copic kind of thing. Oh, my good friend such and such and this guy and this guy. And you know what? If I didn't like a guy, I didn't want him on. And 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 the thing that Benetti said the other day was, he goes, I actually respect that. He goes, there's nobody else in town that's going to speak their, you know, if they don't like something, they won't say it. I always said it, and a lot of callers and a lot of people that sent me notes, they said they always knew where I stood, and I didn't back off. If I didn't like someone, I didn't. That's it. one time one time, Murph told me, he goes, we're going to have Rick Tellender on. I said, you can do the interview yourself. I don't want to talk to a Rick Tellender. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to be here if you want Rick Tellender on. I said, I'm going to go out in the other room because, because of what he did, some of the things he wrote and stuff like that, but anybody that just goes onto a station and just quits at the end of a show – when he was out with Hood and Buffon, it's like, come on. I always get about certain writers that started when the paper had 200 pages and now it is 20 and they're still there. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. they haven't figured out the whole thing yet. But I, I also said this. Somebody asked me the other day how I would have handled the Aaron Rodgers thing. I said, well, I would have done what I always did. I would have told him that, you know what? I wouldn't vote for you. I think you're selfish. I think this guy, Lafleur, you've won 13 games three years in a row. You didn't do that with McCarthy the last three years. So something right. has to give where somebody else has actually helped you. Also, Tom Brady's 44, which used to be a graveyard. Okay, the guy's got 5,000 yards. And quite frankly, Aaron, I don't like you. So if you want to call me a bum, go ahead. But but that's what I would have done. Yeah. And I, I mean, what, the vaccination thing, I think, uh, got somebody in trouble who, you know, he got woke by the woke. So yeah. you just got to do your own thing. But the one thing you don't do is back down. And you don't no. change your mind because of public pressure. No, I always I, did. None of no, us ever to, did. No, and to be honest, I've always liked Hub. The worst thing Hub did was back down. He should not. Yeah. Have, he shouldn't have apologized. Don't apologize. You got a feeling you want to say something, say it. And once um, you do that, you're finished, man. Yeah, you can't. You you're, can't you're apologize. Finished. And nowadays, you know, people are looking for reasons. I can't imagine what would have happened. If we had social media at 92, oh. we don't make it till 93. <laughs> no, that's what I'm that's yeah. what I was saying. I'm pushing, right. the, I'm, I'm pushing the street and sanitation cars. You know. You got the pickup stick with the park district with the nail on the end of Nobody it. Nobody could pick up gum wrappers like me, Murph. 
There you go. You know me, I was competitive in everything. So, you know, I just say, you know, okay, I got to pick paper. All right, we'll get it. My favorite story about picking paper was in 82, they send all the park district crews to the Grant Park after the Pope left. Yeah. Let me tell you something. God bless those people that sat all night there and everything because they found TVs, everything. But it was just a mess. So we had to go there and clean the park, 1982. The miracle of life. In 1992, I hosted the Bulls, the Bulls celebration with Ryan Gleason. And I saw my guys afterwards as we were leaving. They were getting ready to clean the park. So it's I just the whole thing just fell into place for yeah. all, for everybody. Yeah. I yeah. want to wish all you both you guys a happy anniversary too. 30 years. So yep, I know. It's, Fred, it's you came four amazing. months late. It always bugged Fred. Well, you know what? You know what? Right, Mark? I was very, I was very happy. I was very happy because when 15 years came around, everybody got the jerseys with a 15 on it, and I didn't get one. And I know Brian Hanley and a couple right. other people they went to Mitch and go, "What the hell's? What do you mean he didn't get one? Because he wasn't here on day one. He was here on day 60." Um, and I got one. In, I got the in a frame hanging up in my other room, and it's going to my new house because I was there and I was damn proud of it. You know. Where are you moving next to Carlton Fisk? Where are you moving down down from Pudge? Right, 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 right down the street. Yeah, yeah. We're not, no, Murph was in Lagrange, right, Murph? Yep. Grew up in Lagrange. Yep. Yeah. When George Blanda was a freak, now Tom Brady is like almost his age. Right. George Blanda had the square toe, and he'd work out in the summer by our local park district. I'd shag the footballs for him. He had like ten footballs. Remember the old like. Uh, Comic book bazooka Joe, it'd be like a oh, yeah, your, your, your bicycle tire, or whatever. Funny, put the patch on it. Remember oh, yeah. that? He'd have these footballs from George Hallis, he'd be out there practicing by himself. I'd shag him in a bag, run him back. Oh. They all had those patches and stuff on them, they're all beat up. I'll tell you, bazooka George, Joe, George Hallis. We never talk about bazooka Joe, but a f- the kid was nine with <laughs> only one eye. I mean, think about it, you know. There you go, there yeah. you go. Unreal. <laughs> We and we always knew this too. Sports radio in Chicago and from '92 on, there's one sport that ran sports radio. It's always been football. I mean, baseball is great. Basketball with the Bulls obviously was great. The Bulls helped us. Years. Yeah, the Bulls were tremendous for for the radio station. But you could talk football at any time of year. It could be the middle of summer. Both baseball teams could suck, and you come on and say, "What do you think about this?" You get those full phones. <laughs> We'd be lighting up like Christmas trees because everybody in this town wants to talk about football. They love the Bears. And today is such a weird day because everybody was expecting the Nagy and Pace thing to happen. It did. And then George McCaskey talked. And, um, yeah, look at both of you shaking your heads at the same time. It was a national embarrassment today, that press conference. He's not a people person. They should, I've always said they should have a press secretary, you know, like that, uh, the one they have at the White House that ta- fields yeah. the questions. I mean, you know, get somebody up there that has media savvy. I mean, you put these guys up there, they're not, I, I mean, they're basically members of a lucky sperm club. They got the team because of uh, the family. Sure. Uh, they don't, I mean, for the guy to say he doesn't know football, it's your business. Yeah. My God, you know, you're not an expert. It's your business. Become an expert. Um I mean, it's just amazing to me. I, I mean, the whole debacle, I've never seen a coach sabotage himself like he did by getting rid of a quarterback that could have gotten us to the playoffs. When I see Ryan Tannehill, I see Mitch Trubisky. Yep. And I, he could be the same thing, and he'll be signing somewhere next year. But to 
I watch Justin Field guys, and I don't care. You want to send the, I seen them all. I seen Cutler. I seen Moses Marino. I seen Steve Walsh. I seen Jim McMahon. Justin Fields can't play. If he's serviceable, be happy. But you better look for a quarterback. Period. End of story. That's what people would have been hearing from me every single solitary day. And I don't hear enough of it. Everybody fell for he's I mean, rookie of the year, prop swap said the only ticket that you was they were having trouble getting money back from was field with Justin Fields rookie of the year tickets. Sure. He's lucky people that bought it, they couldn't, yeah. He bet he couldn't get they he better pray that he's good enough to be a second stringer down the line. Period. I just Did you guys listen to that, that press conference today? Yeah, I, I, I listened to it. Yeah. I got I got here. Let's take 10 seconds. Here's some notes. This is from today's one hour. It. George, I love my yellow pad. Where are show, you? Up to, show me the yellow pad, Murph. <laughs> oh, I got it. Okay. There we go. So <laughs> this was in the course of an hour of George McCansky. Number one. Ted Phillips is still involved. Number two, there'll be no president. I'll tell you why, because it's a $10 million job. That's why. (laughs) Number three, the Bill Polian, he was great at one time. He's Ernie, of course. They have no skin in the game. In other words, they don't care. They pay me to do this search. I got no skin in the game. Number four, the GM, therefore, will be reporting to George. Number five. He actually said this. I'm open to hire the head coach before the GM or the GM before the head coach. Well, fine, but have that. You don't just like you're talking. Number five, he called Olin Krutz a liar in so many words. Number six, this is the best. Uh, It might have been Mark Potash, our guy. He might have said, uh, did you consider putting the president, uh, having a role as a president in the GM? And he says, no, the board of directors decided I should do it. The board of directors is you and your mom. <laughs> he said his mom told him. He said his mom told him. He reports to the mother. But but the best, here's what I know. Here's why I know Olin Cruz is telling the truth. Because Ron Rivera, Chicel, uh, when we work together at the score, tells me, I'm going to be leaving. I go, really? What are you going to be doing? He goes, I'm going to be coaching uh, with the staff. Watch that staff. I go, oh, God. Good luck. <laughs> I go, what kind of position? What are you going to be doing? He goes, I'm volunteering. I go, you're volunteering. He goes, yeah, I'm going to be cutting tape and stuff. Well, how much are they paying you? Nothing. Yeah. He told me then. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I believe Olin Cruz. I yeah. mean, well, Murph I mean, knows in the 90s. Nothing. Yeah. Murph knows because Murph did post-game shows with him. Right. Ron right. Rivera. Yeah. He was, I did post-game with our favorite buddy, Doug Buffon. Post-game oh. with Dennis McKinnon. And then uh, Ron Rivera. And Ron, he was great, except I didn't know that he was going to go work for the Bears. And we'd be in a post-game show on the score, fellas. And the Bears would just have blown the game at the end, uh, blown coverage. We get Ron Rivera, who blew the coverage? Well, you know, it might have been a rotation. You know, he would never get that realized later. Well, he wasn't going to say anything bad. And I love the guy. But you got to be careful. Hey, hey, it pissed him off. He put a chip on his shoulder, and he became a head coach of the National. Oh no, Football yeah, he's, he's a great yeah. fella, but he wouldn't yep. say nothing. <laughs> yeah. No, and that was amazing. I remember Murph telling me he goes, he goes, he's really good, but he won't ever say anything because he's probably going to get a job with the Bears. And there then he I goes. Get Dennis, then I get Dennis McKinnon. He's burning down the joint, man. <laughs> McKinnon 
Every yeah. time I saw McKinney, he looked like he wanted to run a post pattern on me. He wouldn't just come up and say, it's like he got, you know, he was like this, getting ready to run a post pattern. I just great wanted guy. the idea, you Thanks know? Yeah, yeah, he was a great guy, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing, and I couldn't believe he mentioned, the, McCaskey mentioned the thing about it didn't, you can't hire a coach until you get a GM. If you're not going to have a football operations guy and bring somebody in and George is the guy, you got to hire a GM and let him hire his coach. Otherwise, you're screwed from the beginning. You can't do that. Well, they, So that's why now. it'll probably happen, yeah. So here's why they screwed now, and this is obvious. 365 days ago, they should have fired the two of those clowns and then brought in the whole new regime to pick the new quarterback. Now, right. we don't know if Fields is going to be good or not. He probably is. I don't know. What do I know? But he's not. whoever they bring in now, North as a GM and the head coach, they got to like Fields. Well, that's, that's the point. Guy. It's all off kilter. Nothing yeah. matches if, up with if that. If I'm Josh McDaniel and my life depends on Justin Fields, I'm not taking the job. That's exactly right. so they're gonna take they're gonna pick a GM and a head coach to tell them Absolutely. oh yeah, Fields is my guy, even if he ain't. Even though Nagy didn't want to play Fields and then somebody told him to, and that just blew everything sky high, <laughs> just took away the credibility. The whole thing's a mess. Besides the rest of the football team's getting all the Keem Hicks, three and a half sacks in nine games. Doesn't they were the play. oldest team in the NFL. I, I read that. Could that be right this year? The oldest well, I'll team tell you in the this, NFL? I can't believe Akeem Hicks misses three Packer games in a row, but yeah. gets back the, the following week against Minnesota, you know, going like this when he makes a sack. You know, we don't we need guys to get on the field. Mac, I don't know what's gonna happen with him. Uh there's some other uh players, Robinson, that gotta get straightened out. But if this is based on Justin Field, they're gonna have trouble getting a top flight coach. But but I Josh, Josh McDaniel does have the knack. As yeah. we've seen, of working yeah. with a lot of different guys, so I like I? him. Um, I like that guy Caldwell. He's a calm, demeanored guy. He lets his coaches do the work. Uh, but I can't think of too many people would that you, are available would, that I'd want. Would you? Would you bring in Leslie Frazier? No. Okay. Nah. I Why? Think the trains, I don't. I think we need an offensive guy. Do you? Well, not, see, not like like Belichick's the, the the GM and the defensive coordinator. I think we almost need a situation where the head coach is an offensive mind or the offensive coordinator. I don't want a, a deal where Reed was the head coach and Nagy was supposedly the offensive coordinator. He never called a play right. in his life, you know, yeah. while while Reed was on the sidelines. No, you, know, so, uh, you know, the other way big I feel mistake. About. I'm sorry, but the other big mistake, when they hired Nagy, all right? And Fred, you'll remember, I said this on the show the whole first year. You don't hire a guy who's a rookie head coach and basically a rookie play caller and have him do both. Your first year, your head's got to be exploding just being a head coach yeah. and just being a play caller. That thing was doomed from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm a Mitch Trubisky guy. I, I I keep hearing he was a bust. I think he's going to sign a nice deal with somebody, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Denver. Who knows? I don't understand how. I think it all fell apart for Nagy when he pulled Trubisky after they were 2-0 and he threw the interception. Foles was supposed to be the guy that was going to get it done. He couldn't. They misjudged that situation. From there, they tried to patch it up. Then they 
waited for Fields, who dropped in the draft, and then they traded up. I mean, are we going to beat him up now because Mac Jones might be rookie of the year? I don't think so. Trubisky, highest-rated Bear quarterback ever, 29-21, and 21, 67 touchdowns, 37 interceptions. I'm tra- What did he do wrong to Nagy? Nobody has ever found that out. And that's the difference now. In the 90s, one of us would have found out. Somebody would have found out. I don't know what happened, but Nagy didn't think he could win with them. And look at the mess we're in now. And I'll tell you something else. When you trade up, trade up, trade up, you got no draft picks. The new guy's going to come in now. They got no number one, no number four. Everybody's old. There's no way anyone can turn this thing around in a year. No, I think their I think their first pick is thirty seventh or 39th. They don't get they anybody got a two and a three, but no one and no four. Right. I think right. we're looking at the seventies, seventy one, seventy two, seventy three, seventy four. That that type of uh, football that we saw from the Bears in the early seventies, which was atrocious, folks. Which yeah. was, was that Abe Gib- Was that Abe Gibran? Yeah, Gibran Dooley. <laughs> you know. Oh. They didn't stay promoted in house. I mean, the guy that that Hallis let go was George Allen. George uh, Allen was right, unbelievable, and he Eddie O'Brien still talks about how the '63 World Champions. Now they call it the Super Bowl. If there's any youngsters out there today, yeah, but the '63 Super Bowl the Bears won was because of George Allen, who ran the defense for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, you know yeah, we what Oh, Mike, let me tell you something, pal. You know what they gave us? You know what Hellas gave us? I get this box delivered to me, okay, to the house. I look at it. I pick up the box. I start opening it up. A damn paperweight falls out from the bottom, breaks my glass coffee table. That's what I got. The 49ers got me stoles. I got a paperweight that says 1963 champion. I know you guys have both shaken Eddie O'Bradovich's hand. Tell everyone watching right oh now. Oh, my God. It's the biggest. We used to call him a ham hock in Chicago, in New York. Yeah. Biggest ham hock I've ever seen. Buffon put me up against the wall once. I've never felt such force in my life. I felt like Aussie Taylor yeah. on a five-yard loss. I mean, these yeah. guys, just, they don't know their own strength. No, uh, they don't. Just like they when don't. I raced Chris Zorch. I had been a street racer. I had raced people for money. I'd won money. Used to race the kids outside the hot dog stand. Street racing. Down Lincoln <laughs> Avenue, half in the bag back in the day. I raced Chris Zorch. Boom! His first three steps. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> he wiped me out by like 10 yards and it was like a 50-yard dash. Man, we used Amazing. to do crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. I know. The radio yeah, was great. But, was. but the other stuff was just hilarious. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. When one of the guys that uh, follows the show, he's from the Midwest Brew Review. When I talk about a lot of beer, yeah, Brian, he just said the only thing missing from this broadcast is Marconi's Jardinier. You put some oh, on the wow, yeah. it tastes great. That's right. There's no doubt. I always have some upstairs. We did commercials. They might not let us on the Dakotas commercial when I had Tom Couch crash the plane in the parking lot. <laughs> I look, honey. Is he all right? I don't know. He may be dead. Well, let's go over here to Dakotas and have some some ribs while we're in the parking lot. I mean, you know, those oh, were the man. days. Well, yeah. what was the what was the sponsor? They had the dancing the club out near O'Hare. Uh, boom, boom, boom. It was like twenty years the pole dancing. What was the name? Oh, of it? geez, um, Polecats. It might no, pole it wasn't Polecats. Yeah, it no. wasn't Polecats. It was another one. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, no, no. Strip joints. I think I think uh, I think Superfan Dan got that one. He, what was the name he, of it? 
<laughs> I'll tell you what, one of my biggest feats, it wasn't a sports feat, of course. We got enough of those, but I'll tell you what, was drinking beer for beer in Vegas with Fred, 30 each. And then yes. I finally said, you know what, I think my speech is back to normal. Um, and and well, Fred just we did. That was We were down there for the NCAA tournament, yeah. and we were sitting there watching beers, and we sat down because the NCAA tournament starts at 11 o'clock in Chicago, and nine. started at 9 o'clock. In Vegas, so and we North, got off work. We sit down, we sit down, we start drinking, and we keep having Jen, Jen Patterson, go and get us beers. She's getting us more beers. Oh, yeah. I'll be right back. I'll get you beers. <laughs> and all next thing you know, our cups are up to the thirties. And the next day, I wake, I come down the elevator, and I see North, and he looks at me, and I'm wearing a green shirt for St. Patrick's Day and a green hat, and my face was green. I couldn't believe we yeah. got through a show. Yeah, oh we got my through God. Murph, Murph did, you did some remotes, but you didn't do as many. Uh, because, no, they, did, right? they never sent me anywhere except that, that stinking bourbon A. Oh, my God, did I hate that. <laughs> Fred, <laughs> you know what I told everybody you? about? We're doing a morning show at 5.30 a.m. Oh, my they God. A, they got us in a tent near like a swamp behind right. like one of the back fields. And it's not the sun ain't even up yet. We're starting to show. We got no light bulbs. We got we can't read the paper. Our notes. There's nothing. And there was a swamp of mosquitoes. Right. Like, there's no light. There's mosquitoes, and we're doing a radio show. The, the second day. Remember that, Fred? Yeah. The second day, we brought heavenly bodies. That's what it was. Yeah, it was heavenly bodies. Yes. There you go, Mike. Mike Franklin gets on yeah, heavenly bodies. I had a contract, and then one of my bigger contracts, I said, listen, I don't care. I don't care. I know we're making a lot of money. I know i am got a blessed life. I know the station's rolling. But you better put in that contract, no auto show. No auto oh, show. That was the thing. They set us up at the auto show the first year, 1992. Oh. I had a card table on a Saturday. There's a million people. I'm in, literally in the aisle. And a card table, and I got my notes, I got books, I got the people walk by, they think it's a giveaway. They're pulling out, they're taking my yellow pants and my, I go, come here, this is not like going to Chevy where they're giving you a keychain. They never saw me again. One year oh. I did the auto show, the worst. the end of that. I said, in the bathroom, I think Kentucky asking me about a Camaro. And you have a I don't need to talk to these people. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. We did yeah. so many things back in the day, so many oh, of those different all. things. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we did, did them all. all. It's amazing. Absolutely. And we one last thing. All. We're very fortunate. Yeah. One last thing. We'll leave the Bears alone because people have been asking. They said, what do you think about what do you think about Harbaugh? What do you think about this guy, Josh McDaniels? What do you think? You know what? We have no idea. I, I always tell people. With, the, with me. Who? Either guy. Harbaugh uh, or McDaniel or Caldwell. I don't care who. Nagy was over his head. Yeah. That's all. He was. So start to pace. finish. They, they couldn't keep pace. They but you know the, the one thing that makes best, the, that makes uh, this year nice is for the first time in about five years you can watch Bulls basketball and actually be excited. Watching the Bulls, oh my God! I know Mikey, you love basketball. Yeah. Murph and I would talk basketball so often, but it always sucked. Well, now DeRozan, when they signed DeRozan, I'll be the first yes. to say hey, it's a nice pickup. That's what everybody said. It's a nice pickup. Nothing like this. No, nothing like that. So much, so much fun. taking them only one year and a couple months to turn it around. Look at that. Yeah, they kept the well, other guy in for seventeen years. See, it does. That, it does. Deal. But it does help when you only need five guys to start, True. as opposed to eleven 
or nine for baseball. 22. 22. Yeah, for right, 22 for football. Right. I, and, mean, and, I mean, DeRozan is a great compliment to Levine. Levine yeah. doesn't get out, out of control. I love Vuk. I love him. He yep. was in a slump earlier. Hey, let Wait let Caruso comes back. He's the heart and soul of that defense. Yeah. Caruso. Yeah. Kobe White yeah. has been playing hard. I mean, what happened? He's shooting. He's, shooting. he's, he's filling up the hole. Yeah. Yep. I, love, awesome. I like them. And I like Billy Donovan. You know, Billy yeah. Donovan, uh, you don't hear much from him. Seems to be some yeah. the AK guy, uh, the G GM, right. they have a semblance of order up there that they didn't have for a long time. The Gar Foreman thing will never, I'll never understand it. I know. Never, I know. Ever and, and finally, they went outside. They finally went outside of the area, you know? And they finally went outside, got AK and Eversley and everybody else, and Billy Donovan coming in. That's awesome. Cigarette and troops. Who I found those guys? Fred, that's a good point. I'm, Remember I'm that, Murph? Yeah. What's that? David Spade David Spade are mentioning well, the cigarettes for the was, troops. I said, listen, <laughs> like well, another one of my brainy ideas. Let's yeah. go to Jack's on the expressway in Tui, get a big dumpster outside. And have people because we were during the war of Iraq. Have people come by yeah. and drop cartons of cigarettes. Well, a hundred thousand cartons in packs of cigarettes were dumped in the dumpster. <laughs> the next day, I get a call. The American Cancer Society's after my ass because they're they're saying I'm hurting the health of the soldiers. That yeah. was the first time I finally realized you got to be kidding me. These guys could die tomorrow. I want to get them a pack of cigarettes, and they gave the whole show. Well, we got a lot of publicity out of it, which was always nice. But it was it was just so strange. It really yeah. was. I'll get I'll give you one. I heard someone not sports uh, somewhere the other day on TV say uh, uh, there was a problem with the person hole cover in the street, and they had to get the streets in sand. I go the per manhole cover. Yeah, they wouldn't. Now you got to do the old Mike Ditka. <laughs> so George Hannes throws around nickels like person hole covers. Yeah. Swear to God. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's it just crazy. <laughs> you know what? You, you, you shoot from, you got it. I like to shoot from the hip. You know, yeah. nowadays you got to, you got to, before you shoot, you better watch where you pull your holster. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to get you two guys on. I had mentioned it. <laughs> I had mentioned it. David Spade has come up right, with some Dave, great thanks, comments. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. Dave. Appreciate it. Thanks, David. Thanks. Um, but I wanted to get you two guys on. As soon as I knew I was done working, I wanted to get you two guys on because it's been unbelievable. I've had a, I've had a great career because I had a chance to work with both of you guys, and uh, it's it's been great. And, uh, yeah, I may miss it once in a while, yeah. but you know what? I'll always – the podcast is great. I can be able to keep doing that, and there's enough other podcasts yeah. and things out there. So I work with Carmen once a week on the AM one thousand. I'm happy with that. You know, there the you go. Hustling around are over. I want to say though, Fred, we always nowadays people talk about the mentally weak. I want yeah. to tell everybody how mentally strong you were during issues with your health, of course, and with of course the health of of Pat, who we loved yeah. and yeah. and and we lost, and that you went to work and 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 how mentally tough you always were. How you never. Uh, complained or anything like that when a lot of other people would have. And I can just say that you're a true pro and you're credit to the game and you're going to be missed over there. You really are because you were a guy that you were, you were that six man. That's yep. what you were. Yep. And you, that somebody could always depend on. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate Fred, it same, same thing. I, when we did that morning show for five years, you and I'd walk in about four 30 in the morning. <laughs> we yeah. went on the air at five. 
they signed my contract from 6 a.m. And then they said the day before the show, began, can you start at 5.30 instead? I go, we're all, we're all set up anymore. No, no more dough, but can you start at 5.30? Yeah, of course not. So, hey, Northy. Northy. Yeah, yeah Northy. Hey, but Fred, you we see get that about guy over there? Hey, Northy, you see that guy over there? We get there 4.30 in the morning and we go, okay, we're on at 5.30. When do the newspapers get here so we know what to talk about? Exactly. They would never get there on time. We have to hey, go to Northy. try to go to a white castle or a white hen to grab a paper. Oh, yeah. Hey, Northy. Come here. You see that guy over there? Yeah. That's my producer. I go, yeah. Seems like a nice guy. You'll never see him again after today. Those were the days. Yeah, most, uh, most of them hate me to this day. Nah. Fred was on Saturday. I haven't heard it. And your producer, God love him, he says, oh, yeah, Murph, was, he was mean to me once. I don't care, whatever. Well, I, but, you know I what? had Jesse Rogers. You don't get yeah. better than him. No, Jesse, no, well, no. I had him first. Jesse was yeah. your first, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he said I was the breath of fresh air for some reason, Murph, after you <laughs> left you. I don't know. <laughs> Guys, I appreciate you for jumping on in. We'll, I'll definitely bother you in future times. Thanks a lot. And Murph, if there's ever baseball again, we'll sit and talk baseball for a while. I'll watch the Cubs so you don't have to. And you there watch you the White Sox so I don't have to. There I you love go. you, Murph. Fred, I love Murphy. you, Murph. Manfred's a weakling. You know that. <laughs> we'll Man, that's ridiculous. Oh, my go God. Ahead, guys. guys, thanks Bye. a lot. I appreciate you jumping on. Thanks. Oh my God! Unbelievable! I could I could go forever with those guys. If they were all here, we'd be enjoying the hell out of it. And uh, it, it's so much fun to get them on. And I had so many great great times with both, both of these guys. Uh, so many times on radio with Murph. So many times on and off radio with Mike. And uh, just wonderful wonderful times. I still want to talk a little uh, beer. If we can take a spot, if there's if, if Mike's got it all queued up for some commercials, that'd be great. And then we can uh, talk a little bit of beer before we're done here on Hubes, Hughes, and Brews. Hello, this is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. Hi, I'm Jonathan Darren, licensed real estate broker with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group in Homer Glen. Are you looking to buy or sell? Have you been disappointed in the past? The Jonathan Darren team with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group focuses on providing you with a concierge level of service during the process of buying or selling. We are a service-oriented team with a fresh and professional approach to selling real estate. Our goal is to combine knowledge, skills, and passion to exceed our clients' expectations, and most of all, 
we truly care. We are a knowledgeable real estate team focused on offering expertise and innovative solutions for our clients. The Jonathan Darren team has five full-service real estate brokers and a dedicated full-time marketer servicing all of Chicagoland. We will customize a detailed plan around your timeline for a sale, purchase, investment, estate, or other needs. Real estate transactions can be stressful, but don't need to be. Let us handle it for you. Visit our website, homesbyjdt.com, or call 708-308-1938 today. Expect better in real estate. Choose the Jonathan Darren team. My name is August O'Neill Dozer, and I am running for the 37th state rep, which incorporates New Lenox, Mokina, Lockport, Frankfurt, Orland, Tinley, and Homer Glen. I stand for pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, pro-education, pro-police, and pro-vets. I believe that we should have a card for the vets, and they could go for service at any hospital or facility in the state of Illinois because they deserve it. My father and grandfather were Chicago policemen, and you can see them on my website at www.deuser.us. I was a police officer, and I went back to school and became a teacher of students with emotional conditions. I have been on the front line for 30 years. We need to change the culture of politics in Illinois. If you elect me, I will do my best to change the culture. I have integrity going into the job and can't be persuaded to follow the status quo. Visit my website at www.deuser.us. Welcome back in, Fred Hubner, Hubes Views and Brews. No What's Up Freds can today. I'm too happy with uh, talking with North and Murph. Uh, had so many great, great times with them. Wild card weekend coming up. Uh, cannot wait. My Niners, got my property of the Niners on, T-shirt on. And um, they got in. They beat the Rams. They're 6-0 and against the Rams. Jimmy Garoppolo is as a 49er. And uh, the Rams are a tough team to figure out. They have been all year. I can't believe we're going into a playoffs without the Chargers and the Colts. The Colts go down to Jacksonville. They haven't won there in 24, since 2014, and they still haven't won there after losing yesterday. And then that Charger-Raider game yesterday, absolutely crazy. Um, well, fun to watch. And uh, Justin Herbert, I would love to have seen him in the postseason. He's not there, but just watching this guy throw the ball. He converted six of six on fourth downs, and some of them were you convert here or you don't go on. You can't win the game. You don't go anywhere, and he converted on a great one to get him to uh, overtime. They lose in overtime. Absolutely wonderful. Um, thanks, Harry. Uh, it, it was fun. This whole show has been fun. Um, we'll see how the Niners and the Cowboys do next Sunday. Uh, a triple header on Sunday, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay. San Francisco, Dallas, and Pittsburgh, Kansas City. And uh, that should be a fun day. Next week at this time, it'll be uh, the Rams playing the Cardinals. Um, should be a decent game. Cardinals are playing better. Uh, I probably expect them to beat the Rams. Rams have spent all their money and all their picks to try and win this year. And um, I don't see it happening. So we'll see what happens. But a couple of beer things really quickly. It is Hubes, Views, and Brews. And um, Goldfinger did a, a, a great job. I've still got the 51-ounce magnum of the sparkling lager that they did along with Hot Butcher. I'm waiting for a special occasion. I know. I had New Year's Eve and I had retirement. But I can't open a, 50, a, a magnum 
of beer, 51 ounces. I may open it next Sunday. I'll have some people here at the house watching some football. Maybe I'll open it then, drink some uh, sparkling lager from um, Goldfinger. But they've been closed for a while because they closed around the holidays. It was Thomas Beckman's birthday. He is the brewer, the owner over at um, Goldfinger Brewing. They open up again tomorrow, the 11th of January. There's a good chance I got nothing to do. Ah, maybe I head over there. Also, thanks to Orange and Brew. Eric Schmidt over at Orange and, Through, uh, Orange and Brew, I had met him when he was doing some stuff for Comcast 100. He was doing some reports. Um, he's an Illinois guy, and he opened up Orange and Brew Tap Room and, uh, in downtown Downers Grove. And I've been going there religiously since. That's where I buy most of my stuff. If I'm in Glen Ellen, I go to Beer Cellar, and then there's others, you know. Um, but Orange and Brew is an awesome place. And if you get a chance, you go on Facebook search out orange and brew they did a toast to me yesterday on my final show in my retirement i cannot wait to get back to orange and brew eric's a great great guy i appreciate so much uh doing the toast for me they were toasting with the hubner i'm not drinking that today i'm drinking the dino s'mores from off color but um yeah i've got some uh the hubner saved for my wild card weekend next week and uh yes definitely jd more time for brews um so thanks to Orange and Brew and Eric Schmidt. Awesome guy. I'm glad I had a chance to get to know him a little bit more, him and his family, and they do a great job over at Orange and Brew. The sixth annual, and I have not made any of them, believe it or not, the sixth annual Brews on Boulevard. You say, Boulevard? What are you talking about? Hollywood Boulevard Movie Theater on the corner of 75th and Lamont. They have one from 1130 to 3 o'clock on February 5th. Coming up quick, HollywoodBoulevardCinema.com. That's Hollywood and then B-L-V-D Cinema.com. 50 bucks, 65 bucks for a VIP situation. They also have um, designated drivers. Sorry, I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> going to sneeze. That's the first time I never sneezed on the air in 44 years. Now I sneeze on my podcast. But anyway, um, they have 300 plus, I'm sorry. 30-plus breweries at Hollywood Boulevard. Thank you. Gesundheit. Um, they have 30 breweries, and it's coming up February 5th. I have not been there yet. I can literally walk from here to Hollywood Boulevard, and because of that, I'm thinking to get by my ticket soon. And one other one, and I've talked about this a couple times, my guy Dustin over at the Westmont Park District. They've got the Westmont Winter Beer Fest. And if you've not been here before, it's been very cold. The, free, the previous two times they've had the Westmont Winter Beer Fest. And you know what? Their tents and their heaters have made it toasty. Or if you want to walk outside, they had garbage cans, 55-gallon garbage cans with fires inside. It was awesome. I cannot wait. It's February 19th, the Westmont Winter Beer Fest. You can go to westmontparks.org uh, slash beer fest. It's at Ty Warner Park coming up on February 19th. That's a Saturday from 3 till 7 o'clock. I will definitely be there because it's a week after the Super Bowl, and uh, I'll be there. I cannot wait to get there. It's going to be so much fun and uh, looking forward to it. So hitting a couple of beer fests, and um, tonight was great. Tonight was absolutely what I was hoping it would be. Uh, Mike Murphy, Mike North, I worked with Murph on the, eve on the weekends at the score when we were uh, still a um, – you're not going to believe this if you don't – not from this time, but – 
when the score started on AMA 20, it was a daytime station, which meant they went on the air at like 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning when the sun came up, and it went off the air when the sun went down. So in the winter, we went off the air at 4.45. There was no reason for an evening show. But in the you know, in the summer, we'd be on till almost nine o'clock. So there would be a show from six until nine. That was usually Murph. So I would work with Murph doing updates with him then. I would work on the weekends with Murph. And then the station went 24 hours and went to AM 1160. And I started doing shows with Murph. And I worked with Murph in the evenings. And then we worked, of course, the score wanted to use me and abuse me. So I worked from 6 or 6.30 till 9 with Murph. Then I had to stick around till midnight to do updates um, to, I guess, you know, legitimize what they were paying me, whatever. And then they decided to put us in the mornings. And we worked mornings for five years. And then when they stopped having us, it was me and North. And I didn't get a chance to say this the, uh, when I was out with Mike and I wanted to. Hopefully he's still watching or he hears this. But the very first day with Mike North, it was going to be Mike North and Ann Maxfield and um, uh, Jen Patterson was producing and Matt Weber and John Mamola. And what they said was, Fred, go in, do your updates, come back out. And whenever Mike wants to talk to you, that'll be fine. So I went in to do the very first update in the first day of the show. And I said, Mike, what do you want me to do? You want me to come in, go out? What do you want to do? He goes, just stay here all the time. So that's how we started. And for the next four years, I worked with him in the mornings doing shows and um, some of the best times of my life, some of the greatest trips when we had one year after we were done with our first year, North took the entire show on a private jet to Boston for Labor Day weekend. A year later, he took us to Boston again, but realized that you pay for the private jet when it's sitting on the tarmac. So he gave us all first class tickets and um, had so much fun working that show. It was fun. It was uh, enjoyable each and every day. And all of our escapades, 90% of our escapades uh, at night and on the weekends came to the shows and uh, just had a wonderful, wonderful time. Love those two guys, Mike North and uh, Mike Murphy. Just absolutely love them. So it was great to get them on. Uh, I'll be out again next week. We'll be talking about the playoff games, wild card weekend, and we will, I promise, we'll have a beer guest. At least one, if not more. You never know. Never know what you'll do on Hubes, Views, and Brews. It's uh, a whole show. I'm almost done with my dino s'mores and um, 10.5. It feels like nothing because I'm enjoying the hell out of the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. And again, this is the only place you're going to be able to hear from me, if you care, uh, for the next uh, while. For the next little while so thanks for tuning in uh you can always catch us on 1252 uh sports you can catch us on youtube on uh twitch also on spotify usually the day after all the audio is up there you can find all the previous shows and uh don't forget fat mike on wednesdays we got tons of shows uh harry berg who's been chiming in throughout the course of the show does his overs and unders can't wait to hear his show on friday night getting ready for wildcard weekend so all kinds of shows don't miss them all on the 1252 uh platform thanks for watching we'll talk to you guys later here on hubes views and brews